Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode two of Just Too Sweet Radio Sports Talk and Pro Wrestling for the Layman by the Layman. I am Wilson Spence, and today's episode is brought to you by Emery Knight Design. If you notice that the notice the thumbnail has changed, the badass new logo I have is was made by my neighbor and friend Emery Knight. Check out his stuff at emerynight.design. Link available in the description. Alright. Now we got a lot to cover. So I figure let's start out hot. We're gonna start out once again, like last week's episode. We gotta start with some sad news and we're gonna start in Lucha. We uh, lost a couple couple legends have passed away. Passed away this week. First of all, first first things first. We have announced the passing of per first one to pass away is Paraguay, who passed away on July third, two thousand nine. Now, for those who know, Paraguayo legend of Lucha Libre throughout the 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s. Winning, known for his work all over Mexico. Both CMLL, AAA, Hall of Famer in 2012. Uh, one known to hold a precursor to the AAA Mega Championship now. The champion of champions one time. Mexican National Heavyweight Champion one time. Various titles throughout. Various titles throughout Mexico, worked in New Japan, Wrestling Observer Hall of Famer, class of 96. Uh, also holder of the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship, that which was defended in Japan way back in the day. Paraguayo, 73 years old. When has he passed away? Well, some of you may know about his son, his son. El Hero Paraguayo passing away a few years ago doing a doing a Paros de Mal show when all these two were reunited in reunited in heaven. So that's good also to Paraguayo family. Now I'll say on the bad news train, uh now the next person to pass away is uh CMLL president Paco Alonso. Paco Alonso is Pacalonzo was the owner, booker, owner and booker of the legendary CMLL in Mexico. Mexico, he, after taking, taking over the company from CMLL founder Salvador Guthros, he's been in charge of CMLL since, uh, let me find it here, when did he take over? Since 1975, he has been working in the. Since, oh, yeah. Started in CMLL in 1975, working for his father, Salvador Lothros, and then taking over the head, taking over the company in 1987 until his death on July 6, 2009. A very heartfelt tribute. They did a tribute on the Friday show of um, CMLL, and then on Sunday, a proper in ring celebration of life. Hell, um, even CMLL, uh, AAA President uh, Marcela Pena issued a very heartfelt statement to the to the Luthros Alonso family. Uh, Paco Alonso was sixty six years old. Well, now that that's out of the way, time for a little bit happier news. Big news out of Mexico um, on Wednesday. Uh, AAA held a press conference to announce the card for their uh, for their biggest show of the year, the Triple Mania show. 
And the card breaks down as the starting from the top. We have... Uh, do we even have the right one? Yes, I do. Where is it? Yeah, okay. Starting at the top, the main event is a Luchas de Apuesta, or a bet match. Mask versus hair, Blue Demon Jr. putting up the mask against Ray Wagner, putting up his long, luscious mane of hair. Ray Wagner, two years ago, lost his mask at this very event to Psycho Clown, so hopefully this time goes a little bit better than that. Better than that. Uh, right, the semi-man and the co-main event is a rematch that, if a few of you might have followed, a rematch from uh, AEW's Fighter Fest as the elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks take on the Lucha Bros of Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix and the Laredo Kid. If their match is, is, measures up to anything like they did in the Daytona Beach, that should be a barn burner. Below that, now this match is what I'm looking forward to the most. It is a, once again, another triple, a trios match. Now this match interests me for two reasons. First of all, it is the team of Psycho Clown, AEW Executive Vice President Cody Rhodes, and the pro wrestling debut of former UFC heavyweight champion Kane Velasquez taking on Los Mercenarios of Tejano Jr., Taurus, and a, and a mystery opponent to be revealed, I guess, at the show. I'll be very intrigued to see, one, how Kane Velasquez transitions into pro wrestling. Hopefully, he could be, maybe people say Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar was a pro wrestler first. I'm thinking like, or Ken Shamrock, but again, those, let alone fact, Ken Shamrock was a pro wrestler first before he even got into fighting. He was wrestling like two years before he went over to Japan and started fighting, then in the UFC, and then had that long career, then going to WWF, back in the fighting. So I'll be interested to see how Kane Velasquez, maybe his natural athleticism and the footwork alone from MMA can translate into pro wrestling. I, I'm i going to be interested to see how that turns out. I'm very, very intrigued. Next on the card, we have a seven-woman tables, ladders, and chairs match for the AAA Arenas. The Arenas Championship is you have champion Kira defending against former champion Lana Shani, TNA Impact's Taya Valkyrie and Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard. Uh, Fabi Apache, Chica Tormenta, and Los Mercenarios representative La Edra. Now, this match has a very, very like most everything at Triple Mania, this has a very, very good chance of going off the rails, but it should be a fun car crash like everything else in Mexico. Now, next up, then after that, Next up is a three-way trios match as the team of Hio de Velkingo, Mysticis Jr., and Golden Magic take on the Nuevo Perro de la, Perro de la Morte. Oh, God, I used to be able to pronounce it right, but it's been a while since I got the trip. The team, of, which consists of Moco, Moco Cata Jr., Cata Brava Jr., and Tino Santander versus Las Frias Sala... Oh, my God. Salavirus, basically a team of Exoticos. Of Pep, the team of which comprises of Pimpinella, Oscarleta, Mamba, and Maximo should be a fun car. Once like the other one, be a fun match. Probably a lot of comedy spots coming from the Exoticos. But once again, I see. But I think as maybe a spotlight recently on AAA TV, Hill Deville Kingo has been getting a very good, very solid push lately. So I think this will be a good platform to bump him up. And before that. 
the AAA. Uh, next up is a four-way tag team match for the AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championships. Champions Nino, Nino Hamburguesa and Big Mammy will take on AEW's Sammy Guevara and Scarlett Bordelow. And the next team is Viano 3 Jr. and Lady Marvela. And then Austin. And then the final team is Australian Suicide and Vanilla. Now, Triple A's, I don't know how the. Not really familiar with the. I'm familiar with the opponent, with the competitors. Not very familiar with the teams, but uh, recently I've noticed Triple A TV. There's been a little dissension between uh, Nino and Big Mommy over the weeks, but uh, last week. Uh, uh, Sammy Guevara, I believe, was in the ring, running down. Him and Scarlett were um, no, it was us. Were uh, running down a j- jumping big mammy, and then Nino can make the save. They embrace, so I think the team is going to stick together. I think they can re- will retain the championship, but it's AAA, so you never know what could happen. Then before that, and then, and then the last match on the card. Is a battle royal for the Copa Triple Mania. Announced participants so far are Elia La Parca, Pagano, Puma King, Aerostar, Drago, Averno, Chessman, Superfly, the OGTs, Electroshock, and Monster Clown. Many others to be announced. I think this, if you want to see a fun train wreck, fun train wreck, or if you're kind of disillusioned with WWE lately, you think their booking's bad, oh, watch this show, and you will feel a lot better about the WWE. Now we're done with AAA. We'll head over. We'll stick with Lucha right now. As we will head out to the Arena Mexico. Now, I watched this show, the Super Friday show from Mexico, and... I honestly cannot tell you what I saw. Because Lucha Libre has very weird rules. Uh, very weird rules. It's very hard to keep track of, especially if you like me and don't know Spanish. But thanks to Cubs fan, uh, looking up the matches here. Uh, then the show started off with a, with a tag team match of Espanto Jr. and Hio de Single. Defeating Robin and Super Astro. Super Astro. Two falls to one. Once again, I have no idea. Because I remember seeing the first fall. You had the... I couldn't tell. I remember seeing... I saw a fall go down. Then... Then them get right back. Go to another fall. Because usually in between falls, they have the girl, the ring... The dancers as they come down the ring. Will come up with like, oh, fall one, fall two. And I guess in this match, you had the... Either pin, pin the captain, or pin, or pin or submit both, both your opponents. I don't know. It was hard to tell, but Espanto Junior and Hale Sakingo to manage to take beat Robin and Astro and Super Astro Junior. In a eh, relatively sloppy match. Next up, we have Pagaso and Ray Comenta and Star Junior defeating Okamura. Polovora and Virus. Uh, very, very, uh, once again, another very sloppy man, very sloppy, confusing match to get a hold of. And this one was, it was actually pretty good until the end. It was a lightning, lightning match, so one fall, one fall, 15 minute match. Um, 
it was Atlantis Jr. versus uh, Hilo Diviano 3. Very good match. Finish. Finish came on a counter and on a double count out. Pretty good. Now this one. Next up on the card. The this was for the National Tr Mexican Trios Championships as the Dirmitas Quatrero Forster on Sansong beat Esfinge, Titan, and Triton. This was a very good match, very high paced match. Now, as I said, the Dirmitas coming on top, maintaining their hold on the gold. Next up, we had another trios match of Euphoria, Gran Guerrero, and Sobrano Jr. defeating Cyber, the main man. Mystical and Ray Bucanero. Now this one got off to a hot start because uh Cyber after Miss I think Ray Bucanero makes his entrance first, and then Cyber the main man comes out. I guess he's got a, a fact a crew called the Clan. They're going to get uh going against the Clan, and there's a group of the of the Guerreros of Euphor Gangaro and their partner who was in the main event. Who was in the main event? No, he's not on this card. No, I thought I saw him, but uh with a uh, their partner uh. Uh, Ultimo Guerrero. Uh, so the clan and the Los Guerreros are having a feud. So man, Cyber makes his way down the stairs at the Rio Mexico. He's immediately jumped as a three on two assault, and then Mystico, then Mystico makes his entrance. Still does his does his does his uh, pre match poses and stuff, but then does his pose at the top of the stage and runs down. The match gets underway. In the end, in the end, quick match. Eight minute, quick eight minute match for three falls. All right, match. There was a lot of brawling, but Euphoria Grand Euphoria Grand Girl and Sabrano Jr. pick up the win. In the main event, and then in the main event, we had Cristico Valiente Jr. Uh Cristico Valiente and Volador Jr. beating Gabriel El Boricua. That's Mil Muertes. Mil Muertes for you are curious. El Belista Daring and Dierble. Interiorly in the main event. Um, honestly, didn't watch this match after the last match. I just could had a bit of bit of a headache trying to figure out what the hell was going on. So did really didn't watch this last match. Won't we'll watch all of it. A lot of brawling all over the place. Very sloppy work. Very sloppy, sloppy coordinate. A lot of old men that really should have given it up a while ago. All right, next up. On the dock, and we will stay in the world of pro wrestling as we will go to Dallas, Texas for two shows. We'll start off Saturday night now. I Saturday night now. I was watching the UFC, watching UFC when this one went down. But uh the G1 Climax, New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax kicked off for the first time in America in Dallas, Texas, at the American Airlines Center. And going back and uh, watching this later, oh, it looked it's starting, it looked kind of sad because the American Airlines Center is a 20,000 seat arena and it was pretty empty. I think they only drew like 4,000, 4,500 to 5,000 people. It was, it looked, looked kind of, looked kind of pathetic for lack of a better term, but the in-ring action was great. It was, in-ring action was very great. Card started off with a traditional New Japan structure. We had some tag team matches to start off the show. Early on, we had the Gorillas of Destiny of Tomatonga and Tagaloa defeating Roppongi 3K. Doing 3K in the opener after a super power bomb. Very, very, very fast paced match. Next up, um, next up, we had the teams of Shuta Amino 
and Tomoyo Ishii versus Ren Narita, Jeff Cobb. Now this is the preview uh block B, a block B match that will start off next Saturday. Probably I think in Cork and Hall between Jeff Cobb and Ren Narita. Very very again, very high paced match. Very high paced match. Match comes to an end as Jeff Cobb hits Amino with a tour of the islands. Next up, we had a match between Yoshi. Another taking match between Chaos's Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goro against the Bullet Club's Chase Owens and Jay White. Match comes to an end after Goto gets the GTR, hits the GTR on Owens. Now up next, we had a six-man tag team match of the random assortment of Jushin Thunder Liger, Jush Robinson, and Toriano going against uh, the Los Angeles de Alpone trio of Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, match comes to an end at the end of the night as Yano being Yano. Hits a low blow on Bushi and rolls him up for the win. Next up, now next up, we start with the tournament matches, and we start and we start off hot with this one. We had Will in the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Will Osprey making his G One debut against hometown hero. Lance Archer, his first G1 since, I think, 2012. Now, this one was fast. It was fast. It was exciting. Um, I remember watching this uh, right away. Osprey comes up. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Lance Archer comes up to try and get a running start on. Osprey comes into a Spanish fly. And they go, Spanish fly, they brawl to the outside. Now, there's one part of this part that made me laugh. Um I uh, will Osprey, I guess, as a junior, as a junior, so it's outweighed by obviously outweighed by the giant bigger uh, Archer. Has him in the corner, goes to throw some chops. He hits him with a chop. Then Archer looks up to him, and he can hardly say, "Oh, you fucked up now." And as I continue to go wrong, the ending of this match comes uh, when Archer hits this his super blackout from the from the top rope, and then uh, then uh, locks in the iron claw that. Ends up in a pinning Osprey on early two points for Lance Archer. Next up, got a match. Next up was Evil versus Balak Fale. Um, didn't watch this. Didn't really watch this one. This one, this one comes to an end after some after some shenanigans with the chair. End comes when Fale. Manages to hit the bad luck fall on Evil, picking up two points early in the tournament. Third match. Oh, this match was good. Uh, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. in a very technical, in a technical, I want to say masterpiece, but a very good technical match. Both men trading submissions, trading submissions, transitions, and comes when Sonata is able, is going for the skull end, then, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. reverses out trying to go for his European clutch, goes for his European clutch, and then Sonata reverses that into a bridge of his own, just like Osprey would do for the one, two, three win. Sonata picking up two points, two points, picking up two points early in the tournament. It's funny, after, after in the pro press conference, um, 
uh, Zack Saber Jr. says is like there's no point in putting on a fucking a tactical masterpiece in front of American fans, getting some heat there, which I loved. Next match, a very match I was waiting for the most. Uh, Kota Ibushi, Kota Ibushi taking on a new a debuting both in New Japan Pro Wrestling and the G1 Kenta. Or some of you may wondering who's that? That is a uh, WWE 205 star Hideo Tommy. Now this one was very good. After a lot of dive diving around, got it came down to a striking battle, and and comes when Kenta. And comes when Kenta and Obushi exchanging high kicks. Eventually, Kenta ends up hitting a high kick on Obushi, pulls him into the GTS, and picking up the win. After the match, both men will show of respect with a very show of respect and fighting spirit as they as Kenta helps up Kota Obushi and both embrace. Now, time. Now we move on to the main event. The, the former ace versus the current ace, Kazuchika Okada, IWGP heavyweight champion, taking on last year's champion, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, coming into this match, um, these guys have had 13 singles matches. They are both 5-5-3 five, five, and three against each other, and those three ties have all come in G1 matches, so no man has ever beat the, ever beat the other one inside, inside the constructs of the G1 climax in the 30-minute time limit. Now, if you've ever seen these two wrestle, this was the stereo, the prototypical Tanahashi Okada match. There was really nothing Okada coming out with the drop kicks, as uh, and then coming out with drop kicks, looking for the Rainmaker event. Rainmaker Tanahashi ripping out sling bags, working the leg with a dragon screw. The match comes to an end as Tanahashi as Tanahashi fighting off the Rainmaker. Trying to go for a, believe it was a, trying to fight off the Rainmaker. Ends up in a tombstone. Okada picks up, uh, hits tombstone, picks up Tanahashi. Hits him with another Rainmaker. And for the first time, being able to pin Hiroshi Tanahashi in the G1. G1 picking up two points. After the match takes on the show, takes to the mic. Thanks to the crowd. It says next time they come back to the United States, which was announced early in the show, they will be doing a three-city tour of Bol of Boston. Well, they'll be in Lowell, uh, Lowell, Massachusetts, uh, New York City. They'll be at the Hammerstein Ballroom and in Philly at the old ECW 2300 Arena. As extends coming back to America, I will be champion, which probably will by then. Well, by then I don't see a title defense in that unless they have a destruction tour before that. So staying in Dallas, also on Sunday night, TNA celebrated their 17th anniversary with the Slammiversary 12. Didn't watch this, but here's how car breakdowns in the opening match. Willie Mack, Willie Mack defeated uh, Jake Crist, TJP, and Trey Miguel in a four-way in a four-way match. Next up, a three-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships where the North of Ethan Page and Josh Alexander defeated champions Latin America Exchange of Ortiz and Santana and the Rascals of Zachary Wentz and 
Desmond Xavier to become new tag team champions. After that, we had a first blood match between Eddie Edwards and Killer Cross. Eddie Edwards coming up with the win there. The next match was Rob Van Dam versus Moose. Where Moose got the win in 13 minutes. After that, we had a four-way four Monsters Balls match for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Monsters Ball and TNA's their version of like No Holds Barred or a hardcore match. In the match, we had champion Taya Valkyrie, Jessica Havoc, Rosemary, and Sue Young. Taya Valkyrie managing to maintain her whole hold on the gold. After that, we had a singles match for the Impact X Division Championship where champion Rich Swan was able to retain against Johnny Impact. Now, coming out of this, this was uh, Johnny Impact or John Hennigan, Johnny Nitro, whatever the hell you want to call him. This was his last, last match under TNA contract. So, I'll be interested to see if he sticks around. Sticks around, or if he is going to test the free agent wonders and see what else is out there. Personally, I'd like him to stick around in Impact, seeing that he is married to Taya Valkyrie and her contract is apparently runs till the end of the year. After the next match up on the card, we had a singles match for the T Impact World Championship as Brian Cage defeated Michael Elgin to re retain the Impact World Championship. Now, after this match, we had a, after the match, uh, Brian Cage and uh, Impact uh, President uh, Don Callis came up and jumped Michael Elgin, beating him down after the match, uh, beating him down after the match, and then a hooded figure comes in, hit, hooded figure that ended up being Rhino comes in, goring goring uh Brian Cage and chasing off Don Callis to make the save. So looks like Bound for Glory might be Brian Cage versus Rhino in October. Then the final match. No, I don't final match. We had an intergender match of Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. Now I don't know how y'all feel. I'm kind of on the fence about intergender wrestling. Summer because I don't know the whole domestic violence to be they this uh, domestic violence conversation gets brought into it, but I don't know. I've seen some matches that you know what, like this one from the highlights I've seen was done really, really well. Was done really well, and in this match, Sammy Callahan manages to defeat Tessa Blanchard, and at the end of the match, I after the match, I guess Tessa had earned Sammy's respect. Tessa Blanchard came to the ring with a golden baseball bat. To mimic Sammy Callan coming with his black bat. At the end of the match, Sammy over uh, defeated Tessa. Looks grabs her bat. Looks like he's gonna attack, but then hands her her bat and then walks out. So that was TNA Slam Anniversary. All right, changing sports now. Now we're gonna move on to the UFC and whole. Now, here's where I'm going to award this fucking guy. Before we even get into the card, I want to give this fucking guy goes to... This episode will go to Jorge Masvidal for the five-second annihilation of Ben Askren. This fight started... This fight, both men talking mad trash. Mad trash to each other, especially Ben. He doesn't have a... You know, Ben Askren having a mouth on him. 
barely surviving the Robbie Lawler fight. Even after that, he says, all right, Dana, who you got? Well, he's giving Jorge Masvidal. No, Masvidal. Masvidal, the Cuban, Latino. So, you know, he don't play. Sh- he don't play. So the entire time, whether it be in pro pre-fight press conference even his parents on Rogan he's like gonna like him think he's corny think you're gonna beat the beat the piss out of him so the fights fight that's how basically how the fight went out both men both men and each both men waiting out jawing at each other as the fight starts Jorge Masvidal leans against the cage puts his hand behind his back as the fight starts as the fight starts Jorge Masvidal comes running out running out Ben Askren I think goes to shoot for a double but uh, Jorge Masvidal must have had it come, ha- had that scout. It comes and hits him with this devastating flying knee two seconds in, and then lands a couple big shots. And then, re- then the referee manages to break it up at a UFC record five seconds to to save Ben Askren for an undisputed performance and he gets a performance bonus out of that so easy 50k for Jorge Masvidal there uh also on the card break it down break it down now one notable thing from the undercard my personal favorite my favorite women fighter women's fighter Claudia Gadea winning 30-27 tonight so it's great to see her back at the win column see her dominate the main card started off with a with a three-round domination as Michael Chiesa defeated Diego Sanchez by unanimous decision. Now I'm wondering if... No, Tito, uh, Diego looked totally outmatched in this, getting smothered from start to finish. He even looked like he was getting choked out at one point. Uh, well, I don't want to say if he should hang it up, but Dana White's at the press conference. It is the young man's game, so it'll be interesting to see if Tito Diego Sanchez will return Knowing he's crazy, so knowing it, he probably will. Next up on this fight, we saw a returning Luke Rockhold moving up to 205 to face Jan Blonhovitz, and Jan Blonhovitz welcomed Luke Rockhold to the light heavyweight division in unfriendly fashion, knocking him out in the second round after a straight after a straight left, followed by another left on the ground. Ah, one second. Yeah, Logan Blahom, it's knocking out Luke Rockhold with a straight left after eating a head kick at the end of the first round. So coming in the second round, Luke Rockhold, Luke Rockhold a little compromised in play. So, and as Jan stated, and a lot of us have noticed, Luke Rockhold tends to drop his hand, tends to drop his left hand over his chin. That's how Michael Bisbing knocked him out, and that's how Jan Blankovic did it this tonight. Jan Blahovitz with the knockout. Next up, as I said the as I stated before, Jordan Masvidal knockout of Ben Askren. After this, we had the co-main event, the women's bantamweight champion Amanda Nunes retaining over Holly Holm after knocking her out four uh, ten into the first round. Very solid performance by Amanda Nunes. Never really feeling oh, being in control the entire time, catching Holly. On a hesit on a hesitation on a side kick coming up, hitting her with the head kick, and then following up with strikes for the win. Uh, stating next up, standing and then in the post interview, saying she wants to go go her next fight. She wants to go and defend her featherweight championship, which is actually nice to see. Finally, there's been how many double champions? There's been a lot of double champions lately. 
and a couple throughout the history of the sport holding two belts at the same time, but none of them none of them are real. She's looking to become a true double champion by defending both belts. Like see examples like Conor McGregor, he won he won the featherweight and lightweight championships, basically walked away from both belts. Daniel Cormier won the heavyweight and light heavyweight championships, just vacated the light heavyweight championship later later on. So it's nice to see Amanda Nunes. I don't know what's left. Honestly, I think she should just give up that 135 ball because there's really no one left. She's cleaned out all the divisions. She's beat all the former champions. She's beat all the big names. Big names at 135. Personally, I'd love to see Kat Zangano get the shot because that was the one blemish on her record that she hasn't... Uh, one blemish on a record that she hasn't avenged, so I'd like to see that. And then in the main event, oh, this was a very... Me, I like this fight. This was a very entertaining back-and-forth fight. But John Jones split the decision over Tiago Mejeta Santos. Now, Santos the entire time... Now, I don't know if he came into the fight with a torn ACL or if he tore it early because throughout, many times throughout this fight, Santos just kept moving forward. This fight did not go to the ground at any point. John Jones didn't go for really any takedowns. The entire time, John Jones kind of stalking Santos. Santos countering well. Cracked. No, I got to credit. John Jones has a chin because Santos in a couple of these changes looks like he cracked him pretty good, but didn't even flinch. Like I said, with Santos's knee, a couple times throughout this fight, it looked like he'd get a couple, he'd get some momentum stalking forward, but then his knee would give out. Every so often, hell, it was so bad at one point, he even had to be carried. He had to be, they both had to be carried into the press conference after Now Santos with two, with, uh, with, I guess, his knee, both his knees blown out. John Jones just ate a lot of leg kicks from, uh, Santos, especially inside leg kick on his left leg. And he was, uh, he was, uh, carried into Santos, a giant, you could see, you could see as the fight went on, giant welt starting. Starting to develop throughout the fight, so even with even with a torn ACL, that didn't stop Santos from throwing it, and all all power to him because that was one of the gutsiest performances I've ever seen. Hopefully, he gets his uh, knees fixed and come back stronger, and maybe next time give John Jones if he can do that to John Jones on two compromised knees. I can't wait to see if what he could do if he came in healthy. I was like, well, I guess that ends an abbreviated version of Just Too Sweet Radio. Be sure to follow me on social media at Sweet Dispense on both Instagram and Twitter. Links will be in the description. I've been Wilson Spence, and you've just been too sweet. <laughs>